0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to this special edition of Security Clear Jobs, Who's Hiring and How? If you're tuning in on release day, thank you for spending some time with us during the holidays, and happy Thanksgiving. My name is Ashley Jones, and I work behind the scenes on the production and editing side of the house here. Since it's Thanksgiving week, we thought we'd bring you a special producer pick episode. So I'm going to share one of my favorite episodes, which actually goes all the way back to our second official episode when we were joined by Mike Barnum of Raytheon Technologies. So sit back, relax, and enjoy learning a little bit more about Raytheon Technologies and some of Mike's best interview and salary negotiation advice too. Enjoy!
1: So I'm Kathleen Smith with ClearedJobs.net, and my co-host Rachel, a recruiting professional with tons of cleared and commercial recruiting experience. Rachel, you want to say hi for our audience?
0: Well, hello!
1: (laughs) That's why I love her. (laughs) She's got a great voice. So today we have Michael Barnum from Raytheon Technologies. Michael, thanks so much for joining us today. I see that you know not only have you been in the recruiting industry for a long time, you've been a great guest of mine over several webinars over the last two years. So I want to thank you so much for helping so many job seekers, clear job seekers in the virtual capacity, making sure that they all know what they need to do to find a job.
2: I appreciate you guys having me. Any chance that... That we at Raytheon can have to talk to more candidates and get a wider wider uh, acknowledgement love to take the opportunity. I'm glad you guys have asked me back. It's fun.
1: It's definitely a lot of fun so let's just kick it off. Rachel, what do you want to ask Michael first? Well I, I want to know all about
0: Michael. I would love to hear a little bit more about yourself and you know how did you how did you land this amazing role with Raytheon?
2: As I kind of went through school, I knew I just wanted to deal with people and I wasn't sure where that was going to lead, but I had um, a few contacts that had fallen into recruiting and they had given me an opportunity to interview. Um, so I had an opportunity to go from Ohio to Texas and I took it. It was a sales recruiting type role, agency, tech recruiting, and I learned I learned a lot. I learned a lot about dealing with people. I grew up a lot there. Um, gotten to a, a customer of mine, ended up hiring me as a recruiter. I ran their university recruiting program for a couple of years. And when I felt like I was kind of at the ceiling of where I wanted to go there, um, I actually kind of dabbled. Do I want to try HR? Do I want to try some HR project management? Uh, do I still want to be a recruiter? And uh, a friend of mine who wasn't at Raytheon anymore, said, hey, give it a shot, uh, interview, see what they've got going on, Raytheon's growing, and I did, and I I couldn't be happier, Um, I interviewed, so I was referred, but honestly, what got me was they told me about 980 Fridays, which every other Friday off, and I was like, that's just awesome, I love to travel and take short weekend trips, Um, so um, I fell into it, and I haven't, you know, nothing's, nothing's turned me off since then, it's just been a great experience, so hoping to stay here for a bit.
1: So you have now entered into the uh, reserve circle of podcast guests that have dogs that have made noise in the background so people know that you actually have your furry friends behind you. So tell us a little bit about the dogs that you have in the studio with you.
2: So I've got uh, both of my pups. Um, Peyton is half Australian Shepherd, half Great Pyrenees. So she's about (gasps) 85 pounds of fur coat um she's uh she's kind of a diva she hangs out by herself she wants attention she'll take it um and then the other dog that I have Maya is ten years old she's half a beeson hound and half doberman, so she just really looks like a hound like a like a thicker greyhound, but we say she looks like Dobby from Harry Potter
1: <laughs> awesome so getting back to Raytheon technologies and this great company so I've known about Raytheon almost my entire career in the government-cleared space, and it's huge. How do you, Michael, share with people what Raytheon is and sort of get someone's head wrapped around this enormous company?
2: We're split up into four businesses, Collins, Pratt-Whitney, Missile and Defense, and then Raytheon Intelligence in Space, which I'm part of. And I try to just share a few tidbits of what we work on. Um, I think what we work on is really cool, um, but I tell people we work on a lot of stuff in the defense field, obviously. I mean, part of our business, Raytheon Mithil and Defense, right? Missiles and defenses. But we work on a lot of communication tools, radars, sensors. Um, I honestly, I always joke about this, but I'm saying it until I'm told not to. I hope somewhere we're working on a lightsaber because I want a piece of that when it comes out. But you never know. Uh, But at at Raytheon Intelligence in Space, we're we're working on a wide range of things, um, intelligence gathering, high energy lasers, things like that. So there's a lot of cool stuff.
0: Love it. So when the Jedi aren't joining your organization for the promise of the lightsaber (laughs) and you get all these amazing, equally um, awesome, cleared professionals that are able to join your organization, what does advancement look like? Like how does someone really start a career and build a career?
2: So we have people join us at all walks of a career, right? We have a very good university programs um, that help bring in interns, new college grads, things like that. Um, And for folks that don't have clearances, the internships, we do take some time there to do interim clearances and get people up to speed with the clearances. Um, But a lot of our roles that we have posted, you know, consider internal talent. Um, We have thousands of roles posted We're going to hire probably five to 7,000 employees, new employees, growth employees um, in just this year alone. And that's after a pandemic, after a merger. Like, uh, What I tell candidates is is that there's going to be ample opportunity for you to learn, grow, raise your hand, and say, I can take on more. There's going to be plenty of that. And that's really how you're going to grow. Um, Do you take on projects? Do you raise your hand at opportunities for you to learn? Things like that. So... Um, with all the growth we have, uh, there's a lot of my day is working with with promotions and laterals to get people moved around. So there is ample opportunity for growth.
1: That's
0: great advice. Just raising your hand. That's great.
1: I'm sure that you run into the situation where you're talking to a job seeker, you're talking to a clear job seeker, and they're not quite the right fit for either the job or the division. And I know one too many times the job seeker just sits there and says, well, I'm going to go view somewhere else. And I always say, wait a minute, that's not the approach to have. So one, what is the approach that someone should have when they sort of start seeing that there's not the right connect? And then what is your advice on how they can make better that situation?
2: Oh, well, with so many roles open, I mean, yes, there's going to be more opportunities. So I tell people not to focus on, on one role. Um, even our competitive roles that have a lot of candidates, you have to understand or and you know that don't have a lot of candidates is our managers are still looking for the right fit. And that's because we want someone to be successful in the role. We don't want to hire someone just because they can do the role. We want someone to be successful in the role and grow in the role. So if I were to provide feedback to a candidate and they say, you know what, I don't I don't agree with that. I think I can do this job. There have been instances where I go back to the managers and I say, "Let's talk about this feedback. Is this is this real? Can we consider them? You know, are we looking for a hundred percent, or you know, is this person 60%, 70%, 80 percent? We could grow a little bit. Um, and sometimes it's just it's not a good fit. So I tell candidates that want Raytheon, keep applying. Let me know what roles you apply to. Let's share your resume around with other teams.
1: So you basically don't want to burn your bridge, right?
2: Yeah, you want to be a good experience at, at any point of the interview process. I mean, from the second you apply to say this, the day you start, and obviously beyond that. I mean, it's it's all part of the interview process. It's a, it just like it's all part of the candidate experience. It's all part of the interview process. If you're late to an interview, or if you don't, if you apply to a job and we can't get a hold of you for four weeks, things like that. Same thing as if you know you apply and you don't hear from us for four weeks or we don't set up an interview after we say we would, things like that. It works both ways, especially in this market where it's a definitely a talent market. Um, so we try to just be transparent about that, um, but it's you know full scope. We've got to treat people the way we want to be treated.
0: Awesome, well you are giving out so much great advice. So I know something that I think we all love to talk about, it's the S word, salaries, right? You knew that's where we were going, right, with that one. Oh. So when we think about this, and I'm going to flip the script because any good recruiter should be able to answer a tell-me-about-a-time type of question. So I would love to hear about a time where a candidate did a beautiful job really approaching the subject of salary with you, and then maybe about a time where a candidate didn't do such a great job um, and how that you know kind of led to an uncomfortable situation.
2: Um, so I've got plenty. So I'm gonna stick to. I'm gonna stick to a conversation I had today. Um, I talked to this candidate two, three weeks ago, and um, first security security role. She was applying to some roles, and I, I, I always just generally, I'm very transparent about compensation, salary. Some people bugaboo about it. Some people uncomfortable about it. I live in that space. That's that's my space. Um, So I just ask, you know, what are you looking for? Um, What are you hoping to get out of that next role compensation-wise, salary-wise, total compensation-wise? And a lot of times in this market, people are just throwing out big numbers just because. And my auto response is, that's great. I don't think I'm going to be able to meet that compensation. The role you apply to is realistically going to be in this range. Is that something that you would consider if we decided to move forward? Um, and we had a discussion about you know our bonus program, our benefits. Let's look at total compensation. And at the end, she you know she, we got into a ballpark range that she was comfortable with. She interviewed last week, Friday. I get an email, hey, she's a rock star. Start the offer. So I called her today. We had that discussion again, just to sync up. Um, and I was like, Hey, based on your interview, you impress the team a little more so that normal range I gave you, we've got more flexibility on looking at your experience against the rest of the team. I can make you a more aggressive offer than we talked about. So that candidate believed in herself and said, you know what? I, I can take that range. I accept that range. I'm going to, you know, kick butt in the interview. And she did. And she absolutely did. And we've got, we've got her a good offer in writing now, um, and the opposite side of that is I had the same initial interaction with the candidate two weeks ago um told her told him this this range here it is, and come to offer well, I didn't think about him getting a small raise. well, I didn't think about this well, and you know, like two offers later, you know he was about twenty thousand dollars off where we had initially talked, and you know at that point it was, hey, this isn't gonna be a good fit and uh in this market, you just see people going for big numbers. So I really like people, candidates, to, to think through what they need. You know, like there's no problem with not understanding, because that happens sometimes. Like if I'm reaching out to you and trying to pull you out of a job, I don't expect you to have all that thought through on that first conversation when I pull you in. But if you apply to our job, I am kind of working under the impression that you are looking for another job, that you want to go after another job. At the very least, you're you're open to it, right? You're applying. I'm talking to you. So when people change their salary target continually later in the process, that's great. But you know, um, and and to the fault of the industry, some recruiters still hold their in, their salary information tight to the chest. It's mm-hmm. it's a negotiating tactic. But quite frankly, I don't I don't play that game. I'm very upfront about salary. I don't go back and forth. We win when everyone is transparent. This process is smooth when everyone is transparent. If you need 120k, that's awesome. Let's see what we can do for you. If you need 80k, if you need 200, that's great. But every role we have doesn't pay that. So, my managers are happier when I deliver candidates that say that they can close on. And I tell my candidate or my managers with confidence I'm not going to screen anyone through that won't accept our offer. So we get referrals all the time. Manager says, "Hey, you know John Smith applied. John Smith's great for this role. I saw his resume, and I tell him I'm not screening him through until I can talk to him. Most of the time, unfortunately, hey, manager, your role pays 100k. John Smith makes 160 right now. That's why he's awesome for the role. You know, (laughs) you, you want to make an offer. We need to we need to change the game." Um, but when I tell a manager, hey, I'm going to screen this person through. You can afford them. I've had managers call back like, are you sure we can afford them? Wouldn't have screened them through if we couldn't. <laughs> so um, being transparent about compensation is, is so huge and it can be so awkward for some people. It's maybe not, not. <laughs> I'm too comfortable in this space. It's, it's my job <laughs> every day. If I'm not talking to managers about their teams, I'm talking to candidates and what I can do. Um, if I had it my way, I would post our target salary on every job description in the US. Not because I think it gives anyone leverage, it's transparency. Mm-hmm. You know, there are some people out there that get intimidated by salary and say, I don't think I should ask for that much. When you absolutely should. And there are some people that have too much confidence to saying, I'm asking for that. I'm like, you have no business asking for that. <laughs> I mean. And every business is different too. So you see glass door and you see you know, LinkedIn stats and things about the salary and things like that. But not everyone gives up their salary information. And a job at like a startup versus a job at, you know, a giant company, two different salary ranges that you're working with, two different forms of total compensation. So, every so while somebody's working at a small company with 10 people, you might make a lot more, but you're going to do a lot more.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Bottom line, so there's more expectations on you. What's expected of you? I have candidates that say, well, look, I make overtime now do you like working overtime? I mean, this this is going to be 40 hours a week. I tell candidates you're expected to work you know, 40 hours a week, give or take. Some weeks it's going to be 30. Some weeks it's going to be 60. There's, there's times there where you have to put in the work. Um, but when it comes to salary, just the more transparency, the better, the more honesty. Look at what you need, look at where you need to be. And if we can do it, we'll find a way to.
1: So, you keep using the word transparency, and I love that. I absolutely love that. So, can you just sort of talk about the rest of the overall interview process and the transparency that you think a job seeker should have and talk a little bit about your spidey sense? <laughs>
2: uh, so, every, every team interviews differently, right? We've got, but I would say most interview processes at Raytheon, because of the market, we coach our managers one to three interviews max. Don't throw in the extra four and five of talk to somebody to make sure you like them. If you're the hiring manager, I want you to have the responsibility and confidence to to make the offer, to to make the decision. Um, When it comes to transparency from a candidate, don't be afraid to ask questions that are important to you. And it's, that is, that is honestly one of the tougher things for some candidates to ask what the work-life balance is like to ask if, you know, PTO is push, take PTO. you know, is it okay to, to take big vacations? Is it okay, you know if I roll in at nine o'clock because I got a kid that I've got to drop off at daycare? Um, obviously don't lead with that. You want to have a good conversation first, but um, ask about advancement opportunities. you know, Don't be afraid that think that' think you're gonna leave, but ask about growth. like that's important. I think interviews work both ways. It feels like a lot of times interviews are one way of one person asking a question, one answering. When the best interviews are conversations, I like to do this. I've done this before. So have examples prepared on based off the job description of ways and times you've done that. Um, As for recruiter spidey sense, that mostly comes up when I feel like candidates just have a different motive. And honestly, it comes up with hiring managers too, but I just urge candidates to be themselves in interviews, make sure you're a good fit for that role. You know, The last thing you want is to take a role that's not a good fit for you.
1: So you were mentioning earlier that it's a talent market. So what are some of the cleared positions that's hardest for you to fill? And then sort of the counter, what are the easiest cleared positions that are for you to fill?
2: Um, so there's, I wouldn't say there's any really easy role to fill with a clearance. There's no easy clearance role to fill. So if you have a clearance, you do have a leg up, bottom line in a company like Raytheon. Um, and it's if the role doesn't require it, we view it as a positive because we're most likely going to need it. Um, the hardest skill sets right now, anything in engineering with a clearance and cybersecurity. It just feels like there's more jobs than there are candidates, qualified candidates with with clearances. So we're trying to be as creative as possible. We're trying to make as aggressive offers as possible. But engineering and cybersecurity are where we're continuing to grow, continuing to put new spots in. And really, they're due to growth and winning new contracts. And it's just we can't get enough of those candidates.
0: So could you help our listeners understand a little bit more about your job? So on average, how many resumes are you going through? How do you really stop? And I know that was a fun question about how many resumes, <laughs> right? But how many resumes are you going through in a day? And, and how do you take the time to prioritize those?
2: Um, the roles that I recruit for, we probably get 20 to 30 applicants a job. So on, on a good day, I look at a minimum of 40 to 50 resumes on a busy day where I'm, you know, up late burning midnight oil, probably looking at 100 to 200 resumes. Granted, I try to focus so that all of those are in the same field. If I'm looking at if, if I'm looking for an ISO in cybersecurity, I'm only looking at those recs. so I stay on track and I can focus better if I'm looking for cybersecurity, I'm looking for cybersecurity. Um, and This also brings up the – I always hear this stat and I've heard – we've talked about this before, Kathleen, but a recruiter only looks at a resume for 10 to 15 seconds. And honestly, in some cases, I'm not afraid to say that's true. That doesn't mean every resume. Absolutely not. But um, you'd be surprised on some people that were applied to cybersecurity roles. I I get wanting to break in, but I mean – I had a school teacher the other day that's been teaching school for 20 years in the fifth grade and she applied to associate director role of cybersecurity It requires a TS. I I don't need to delve that deep into that role, into that resume. You know, (laughs) like I I mean, and that's an extreme situation, but that happens a lot. Um, So getting through resumes quickly to me is about focus, making sure you know what you're looking for so you can keep an eye out for it. Um if you have a clearance, big one to anyone listening, list it on your resume. Control F is a very powerful tool when I've got a couple hundred resumes to go through. And okay. I still try to reach out to the candidates that don't list a clearance on their resume. But when my rec requires it, I've got to go to the shallow pool first to make sure I'm getting those. And if there are other candidates out there that don't list it, I still reach out to them. But it's a very, very clear, decisive question. Do you have an active clearance?
1: What's really interesting is that we always remember those job seekers that really are the shining example. And I I think it's very interesting that everyone thinks that uh, interviewing is easy or interviewing is hard. And I think, as you said earlier, it's a conversation. It's also something that you should prepare for. So do you have any kind of uh, shining examples that you can share with us of someone who just really was out there as a star
2: um well i mean i could easily bring up the candidate we talked about salary earlier um she had confidence in herself um not that i don't know if she did anything specific other than really just had confidence but when it comes to like preparation i always tell candidates the two biggest things in preparation that you should do is have a list of 10 to 15 prepared questions don't expect to ask them all Obviously, Q five five or so important ones, but if it's on the if it's on your resume or if it's on the job description, be prepared to talk about it. The candidates who who come prepared in terms of asking good questions and selling themselves of I can do that um, are really successful. And really, um, I guess I hear the best feedback on candidates who prepare like that, who have the qualifications, but really do a good job of. Showing, showing their ability to have the skills of things you can't teach, hard work, adaptability, communication skills, you know, the, the extras that we want everyone to have. But that's when the managers really come to me and like, hey, make an offer quick. So I always tell candidates, if there's a role that you applied for or you've been asked to interview for that you're not sure about, the absolute worst thing that comes out of it is you gained interview experience. You got a question or you got to prepare, learned a way to not prepare. Um, It's, you know, it's not everyone's day job to interview. It's not everyone's day job to host interviews. It's not something we do all the time. So take the the true experience you can get. Because if you just, you know, talking with the recruiter, that makes sense. But like if you can get some real interview practice, it really does grow on you. Helps people from saying, um, or I don't know, or, you know, shaking because they're scared or, you know, just get rid of those jitters.
1: Yeah, I think that's the one thing that I tell a lot of people at other webinars and such, or when I'm presenting in the community is, you know, even if it's not your top job, go in. Do the interview, get the experience, network with the recruiters and the hiring managers because this is a very small community. You never know who you're going to run into. And that's solving the problem in the interview. I know one of my most pivotal jobs in my career was I was being interviewed and I solved a few problems during the interview and I can tell you that uh, I got that job right away. (laughs) Well, Michael, thank you so much. It's always great to have a conversation with you. And I loved hearing from your puppies. (laughs) So I love having Michael on any of our webinars and now on the podcast, because he's got some great points. What did you think, Rachel?
0: Oh, I just loved it. If it wasn't the cute puppy noises and all of that goodness, but I loved hearing about his focus on transparency. It's so refreshing in the industry to hear someone who just wants to get to the point, wants to be honest, um, and doesn't want to mislead. So I loved hearing, you know, just the focus on transparency and just the honesty that resonated around the salary piece. Um, you know, we know it's such a hot, controversial topic. Do you discuss salary? Do you not discuss salary? And just to hear the honesty that that came through, just to say, here's where it's at. Tell me what you need. And just have that honest conversation around expectations, you know, really understanding the expectations, but then an organization that's willing to meet Expectations and have those those good conversations around that.
1: Yeah, I really liked, as you said, the the transparency he talked about his spidey sense and how. Yeah, I love I love how we. I talked was about picturing him sense. in the
0: Spider Man costume as he was recruiting. You know, shooting webs like <laughs> I'll take this resume and this one. <laughs>
1: But, yeah, he talked about all the different resumes he has and, you know, the the teacher who had been the fifth grade teacher for 20 years applying for an associate director for cybersecurity. So, yeah, I can see where someone would look through a lot of resumes and not spend more than 10 seconds on that but also how he really talked about it's you're interviewing the company but you have to go in prepared with questions you have to be going in and prepared for having a conversation and I also like that he said you know even if you don't get the job at least you got some really good interview experience and you also got a really great networking opportunity so really great conversation with Michael Barnum at Raytheon Technologies so Remember, if you're looking for a career, please upload your resume at clearjobs.net. Search all of the jobs there and check out our calendar of virtual and in-person job fairs. We are only going to grow here on our podcast if you rate and review us. So please take the time to do that on whatever platform you're listening to us on now. And be sure to tell your friends that we're providing advice on clear job search here on our podcast. Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye.